Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. I have a friend of mine on the line with me today. This is Dale Dixon. Say hello, Dale. Hey, hello to you. So good to be with you. I'm so glad you're here. This is, folks, uh, a really famous guy. (laughs) <laughs> the, the famous guy that nobody's ever heard of before. Just yeah. by my decree, Dale, would you make <laughs> okay. it true right there? This is true. <laughs> but you have spent most of your career in in broadcast media. Uh, you've done a lot of work on, on television, radio, um, to, to get various messages out. I think you anchored the news for a while, some things like that. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I anchored the news, and I also I had this very cool opportunity to play a television news anchor in a movie that got pretty big. It was called The Suratov Approach. Oh, really? Yeah, so it was a uh, true story about a uh, two missionaries who were held hostage in Russia, mm-hmm. and so they needed a, a newscaster to play that part. And, uh, and that was you. I, yeah, I fell into it, and so that was me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna have to go watch the movie again because when I saw it, I hadn't yet made an acquaintance with you, Dale. <laughs> so it was it was really memorable. But I yeah, I actually I'm make. Sure. I think I make four appearances, two on camera, and then my voice is the last thing you hear as they go to credits uh, in the movie. So you'll have to that that'll set the stage and give you some context. There you go. <laughs> Well, in addition to that, Dale, you've been a business leader. You've uh, you're an author. You've you've written a book called Sweating Bullets, which is a story about overcoming the fear of public speaking. Um, and you're a member of the National Speakers Association, where you and I have made an association. It's how I got to meet you and and some great people. And so, yeah, NSA has been a terrific opportunity. And you know what? While we're on that, I I want to acknowledge for a moment the power of association. And we're talking about a specific association through the National Speakers Association. But really, when people come together and associate with each other, it creates a synergy and an energy that is just amazing. And uh, I think we see that in a lot of different areas in business, but also in in other aspects of life. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I think, uh, especially in this day and age, the power of social media, and there's definitely a place for it. But when you put a group of people together in a room and they have, uh, they have something in common, and, and bottom line, we can all find something in common. But when you have mm-hmm. something specific to business or in the case of the National Speakers Association, you have this love of communicating and sharing a story and, and helping people. Uh, you see some really cool things happen, and it's a lot of fun to be a part of that association. Right. Cool things like this interview. Absolutely. Yeah, this wouldn't happen if it wasn't for NSA. Right. 
So we may come back to that, but I, I, I think going a little different direction here, uh, I, I just read your book. I finished it yesterday. And folks, this is a good read. Uh, once again, it's called Sweating Bullets. And you can pick that up on Amazon or go through Dale's website, DaleDixonMedia.com, and you can find it that way. Um, it's about overcoming the fear of public speaking, but what struck me about your book, Dale, is that it addresses issues or principles that are are almost universal. I think it applies in the public speaking area, but it also applies in a lot of other aspects of life. And I, I can't imagine that this was accidental. I think you intended that as you wrote this book. I see communication as really paramount and key and, a fo- and foundational uh, for leaders. And so absolutely, no accident at all. And it's, it's kind of funny that you would, you would raise it that way. I was going through some of the initial marketing materials for the book that came from the publisher, and my wife and I were, were thumbing through some things. And, I, and I've got a poster, and it's literally in my hand right now. Mm-hmm. And um, the, what made the book cover was a, a story about overcoming the fear of public speaking as the subtitle. But mm-hmm. one of the subtitles that we were playing with was The Non-Speaker's Guide to Communicating in Any Situation. Uh, so this is, yeah, and I, I thought, I think I like that better. But for some reason, it didn't, didn't make the cover in the end. But, uh, mm. but this really is, it's not just about, I, I like to think it's about communicating plain and simple, especially for people who are leading. Yes. So in any relationship, the principles that you've illuminated in this book will assist in the communication that happens in a in a, a marital relationship, for example, or in a business relationship, or in a teacher-student relationship. I don't, I don't think it matters how we define the relationship. The principles are are the same behind the communication. I hope so. I really do. That's why we call it. Um, I call them the sub seven laws of presenting. And uh, just for those folks who haven't picked up the book. Um, it was it was inspired by a true story. Mm-hmm. I was I was sitting in the audience of about a thousand people, and I watched an executive get up and take the stage. Well respected, good, solid uh, leader, mm-hmm. uh, but he literally fell apart there on stage in front of a thousand people, and uh, you could almost see him sweat bullets. <laughs> so yeah. that's, where the, that's where the theme came from. So I fictionalized this story, and the reader gets to go through a parable or a fable, excuse me, a fable, and learn with the executive how to overcome that fear of communicating in front of groups, whether it be a couple of uh, board members, a sales team, or an audience. Mm-hmm. Whatever the communication role is, learn how to get past that internal fear and think more about what you have to offer and think about the audience first. Learns, learns these lessons uh, through, a, through an improbable mentor who guides him through the process and the reader gets to learn along with them. Mm. You know, I've done a lot with fear in my career. I'm a psychologist and it has come up believe it or not. and Oh, it's one of those universal human emotions, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you know where it comes up the most, Dale? And I think you nailed this in your book. When we get so focused on ourselves 
we start to become paralyzed by fear. It's, it's when we lose sight of why we're there to start with. So in the context of public speaking, people get really nervous about that. Why? Well, because they're focused on themselves. So what's the remedy to that? It's to think about the audience first and and your true purpose you know it's it goes back to the infamous covey quote uh, you start with the end in mind so why am i here communicating a message and let's lead you through the process you do a lot of speaking so mm-hmm. when you go and you speak to a group what is the purpose of your message you know what it always has to be about the audience or these people don't have any business hiring you in the first place. They're bringing you in to have some particular effect or impact on the audience. So if you walk into that situation completely me focused, mm-hmm. how am I going to look? What if I sound stupid? What, uh, what happens if I forget what I'm supposed to say? What happens if somebody asks me a question and I don't know the answer? Uh, those are some of the typical fears that I hear my clients talking about. Um, mm-hmm. That's all me focused. So right. how are you able to help the audience become better when you're thinking about me? And they'll sniff it from a mile away. Mm-mm. It's just like a salesman that comes to your door, Dale. If you've ever had that experience where somebody shows up at your door and you know that they're there for their own selfish purposes. They Absolutely. They have, have no interest in improving your life. They just want to get a buck. That's a great analogy. <laughs> and you can yeah. smell it from a mile away, and it's repulsive. In fact, I think, I think we've all been in those presentations where whoever's presenting gets up and they're so focused and consumed with their own stuff, that me focus that you mentioned, that you just feel awkward for them. And it usually does not go very well. So I'm, I'm now I'm curious and, and I, you mentioned my television background. I tend to, I like to be the ones asked the one asking the question. So when you have a client who's dealing with that kind of fear, Mm -hmm. how do you help get that client past the fear? What are some of the tools you use? Well, this is one reason I really resonated with your book, because I think it starts with getting out of your own way. Mm. Drop the me focus. In fact, your first two laws of presenting, let's uh, let's bring it back to those here for just a minute, because your first one is character counts, and, and in other words, we've got this public face and this private face. And when those match, we have integrity. But when we present something that's not really accurate with who we really are, eventually the truth comes out. So your second point is to be real, authentic, and genuine. And that really is the first step, is to get out of your own way and show up as an authentic person with the audience in mind, as you said, but I, I think that that's first. We have to find ways to get out of our own way. That's what generates the fear. Absolutely. I remember, I remember specifically when it happened to me, I was sitting on a television news desk, and uh, I started young. I started in broadcast mm-hmm. news when I was 17 years old, and I had nice. always told myself 
the story. It was the story in my head that I had to be somebody else, that I had to, um, and I had idealized mm. Peter Jennings, uh, that date, that dates me a bit, but I'd idealized Peter Jennings in my head that I had to have that kind of cadence, that kind of voice, mm-hmm. that inflection, that authority. And, and I thought I've got to work to be that. And you know what? Mm. I would, it would get to the place and it's, it's still to the place. I can't watch myself. I can't listen to myself because of that internal talk that I had, that I had to be somebody else. But I was when I was sitting on the anchor desk um, one day and it hit me, Dale, you are never, ever going to be Peter Jennings. You've only got one choice. You must be you, plain and simple. And right. if somebody doesn't like you for being you, that's too bad. But as long as you are your real, genuine, authentic self, and you really take seriously the job at hand, the task at hand, and you do the best you can do, mm. then you're being you. And right. it, was like, it was like a light, that's, uh, a light switch that flipped and really helped me get to that place where I'm comfortable in my own skin. And I think each and every one of us uh, will approach that and realize that, and it will happen to us in different ways. There's no prescriptive way to make it happen, except mm-hmm. you've. but the start is to, to realize it. Yes, realize it. That creates a possibility that wasn't there before the realization, and then it becomes a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's other things that we can do to to promote and enhance that. I think we'll get into that as we come back from this next break. Folks, this is Dale Dixon at Live On Purpose Radio. on purpose radio listeners the fact that you're listening to this show probably means that you're a fan of personal development your personal development library should include copies of both of my books pathological positivity and the pocket-sized companion portable positivity there's a dot com for both titles so you can share these books with others i also have a special offer just for listeners of the show Go to drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R for Live On Purpose Radio. I'll send you signed copies of both for a special discounted rate. That's drpauljenkins.com forward slash L-O-P-R. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com 
And we're back. Dale, we had a little chat before the break about just being real, you know, being authentic. You shared with me before the call that um, you just finished reading a book by Brene Brown. Yeah, Daring Greatly. It is... uh... It was it was terrific. I would definitely recommend that book to just about anybody, especially parents. I've got two teenage kids, and it really helped me. Mm-hmm. Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. I think that's her whole focus in that book is just to be real, to be authentic, and that requires being a little vulnerable. Uh, but there's some power in that vulnerability when we're really who we say we are. And show up that way. That, I think that's how we get out of our own way so that we can actually start to communicate with more authentic, authenticity. Yeah, go in, you know, to, just w- before we, we leave the idea of it's not about you. It's, it's really having that conversation before you go in to communicate. This is not about me. It's about how I can help you. And what, you know, what, is it that I can give you and, and really put yourself in that, uh, in that uh, servant leader role of giving mm. and how can I best communicate in this process to give you what you want, what you need? And that helps to get your mind off yourself. Yes. It, it creates almost a magical connection with the audience, whether that's an audience of one or 10 or a thousand. Absolutely. They see you for who you are, and then that mm-hmm. makes a connection, and we get out of our own way. Dale, there's another aspect of this that I think ties into what we've already talked about, but it's also an area that I know you're passionate about, and that is stories, telling stories. Start us off with that. Where do you want to go with that? So telling stories is crucial, and I, I would ask listeners to go back in their memory to when they were kids. Mm-hmm. Do you remember numbers and data and all of that, or do you remember the stories you were told by your family? Or, or And just, I mean, take yourself back to those camping trips with mom and dad or grandpa and grandma and sitting around a campfire. Do we talk data or do we talk stories, tell stories? Mm. You put it in the narrative and it takes on a whole new energy. Oh, and so as, as human beings, as communicators, when we're trying to, uh, to share information, we can share data, statistics, numbers all day long, and maybe a little bit of it will stick. But if you really want something to stick, tell a story. It's a powerful learning tool, and we, we forget about it. And, it's, and I'm, I'm sad that we forget about it, but it's a tremendous opportunity to really have a paradigm shift in the way you communicate by just telling stories. Wow. So this could be a very powerful tool. Let, uh, for example, Dale, if one of our listeners or some of our listeners are preparing for a presentation in in conjunction with their work. They have to present something. You're saying, come up with a story, and that presentation is going to fly a lot farther than if you just give the data. 
So if you're a manager and you're mm-hmm. trying to communicate the need to hit a set of numbers, then tell the aspirational story of what can happen if you hit those numbers. You can work the specifics in. Or if you are conducting a training and you have uh, PowerPoint slides that are full of bar graphs and numbers, I challenge you to dump the bar graphs and numbers and tell the story behind those bar graphs and numbers. There, there has to be something unique, a life impacted, a business changed, a mm. thought process that has been expanded because of what happened. And you can tell that story and make it so much more real. And uh, I'll give you a, a great example. So every we've got a gratefulness jar that sits on the kitchen table in the Dixon house. And there are four of us, uh, my wife and I, we've got two teenage kids, a boy and a girl. And every night we sit down to, to dinner together mm-hmm. and we have a ritual that we, we tell what we're grateful for that day. And I really make it a point to come to the table with a story. I don't just say I'm thankful that I have a job, but mm-hmm. I say I'm thankful for this, and this is how I got here, and I tell a story that illustrates why I'm grateful. And those those stories um, are so much more powerful than just to state a fact or the obvious. Right. So in a family, sharing the story, that... that adds to the meaning of the experience would you agree i hope so i I, you know it's the whole the whole idea is we want our kids to to grow up to be um great amazing adults that that live out their purpose and uh and so we're purposefully doing things and we want to create memories along the way and be the people that our kids want to hang out with when they're grown up and they've got a choice so if we create those stories and those memories moving forward it's our hope and our intention that we get there. And I think the same can be true when you're in business. Don't you want to create an emotional connection with your customer and, and give them a story to tell about the outstanding service that you've provided and, and a story that they can share with others? We're mm. going to increase your ROI 30%. What does that mean? Mm. The whole reason we're in business to start with is to create value and meaning for real people. In fact, I was in a training, Dale, not too long ago, and I suggested to this group that the only reason people purchase something is an emotional reason. And I got a little bit of a challenge from a guy in the front row. He says, no, I want the data. And I challenged him right back. I said, well... How do you know that you've got all the data you need? And he says, well, when I feel good about it. <laughs> got him. Feel. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's the emotion. Yes, and it's the stories that evoke and connect with the emotions that people are having. I mean, why does Simon Sinek have how many millions of views on his TED Talk start with why? Mm. It's all, I mean, that's all emotion-based when you think about it. You're giving them an emotional reason. It's the start with why. Yeah. You have to feel something in order to have the the impetus to go out and do something. Absolutely. That's the psychology behind it. 
So, Dale, you've shared some ideas about stories and how that helps us to make an emotional connection in communication. That's true in a business sense, but I'm thinking that there's a, a practical application here that's probably obvious, but part of my job is illuminating the obvious, uh, which is kind of cool. You know, I get paid to tell people things they already know and uh, show them things that they already see, but some of these obvious things are unnoticed. The and it's obvious... worth every penny, by the way, because we need that. <laughs> there you go. Well, until you see it, oh, it, it's it's not in your power of choice. There you go. So let's apply this to an obvious application, and that is speaking. Public speaking, that's what your book is about. And I'm thinking that many of our listeners will have opportunities to speak to the club or to the class or to the school or to the church or to the community group. How would you coach us to apply this story technique in that kind of a setting. Walk us through it, will you? All right. You've heard the saying, there are no new ideas. And so I've got to give credit where credit is due. And this one comes from a book by a guy named Andy Stanley. He wrote the book, Communicating for a Change. And in it, he outlines five ways, five specific parts of a speech. And so I adapted those and mm -hmm. and uh, put a little bit of twist and, and I'll give those to the listeners. So go ahead and Great. grab a pen and paper because I use these with my kids all the time and helping them put speeches together for their class. And I help clients through the process, executives who have to give a speech. So it starts with me. So you just write down M E and then next to me, write um, why me, why here, why now? And so you're providing context. Why do I have a level of expertise or knowledge to share with you in this, this setting and a story that mm. illustrates the, your, your reason for being there always wins the day. And so me, what's the story? Why are you there? Okay. The second part to this is we. And next to we, write connection or what do we have in common? I always say, put the audience first, and you've got to know who the people in your audience are, why they're there, and what they want. Yeah. And in, in that, you're going to figure out what's the connection point. What do we have in common? So mm -hmm. what do I, the speaker, have in common with you, the audience member, whether you're uh, one person sitting in a room for a sales call or 10 kids in a Sunday school class mm -hmm. or 20 guys sitting in the rotary group? What is it that we have in common? Tell that story. Don't just say it, but tell the story. story. Exactly. Okay. Right. You know, an experience that everybody relates to. Mm -hmm. Something that creates that context. And these are really just 30 second, 30 second, 60 second, 90 second um, quick pieces. The next one, oh, go ahead. You just hit them quickly. What you're doing is setting up your message at this point. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So the third point to write down is what I call topic. Um, and this is the deliverable. So I like to usually leave my audience with three specific things. As human beings, we, we process information really well in threes. That's why we have three bases. We have three musketeers. I mean, you just go down the list of all the threes that we have. And in this, you're going to tell, you're going to give three specific points for your topic. And three mm -hmm. in three stories because stories are how people remember things 
After the topic, we go to uh, you. And okay. you is the specific application. So what are you or the call to action? So you can write call to action. What do you, the speaker, want the person in the audience, the you in the audience, to do with the information you just provided in the topic? So we've started out from the beginning. We go me for mm -hmm. context. We go we for connection. Mm -hmm. We go topic for the reason that we're here and having the conversation. Mm -hmm. Then we go you. What's the specific ask or call to action? And then we wrap it up with we. And we is the aspiration. So you paint the picture of what can be when the individual takes the information presented, implements it, and then as a group, we realize the benefit or we realize the outcome. And what does that outcome look like? You can paint the picture of that and use rich word pictures and stories, a story to illustrate the potential that the information you've delivered can have on the group of people, the audience that's sitting in front of you. Nice. So it goes, me, we, topic, you, we. Pulls it back together again. And you can just use that as the outline to create your speech. And whenever, you know, it's listen to a really good speech, mm -hmm. you'll fill that in. You'll just fill it in. It'll start, you'll start seeing this play out over and over and over again every oh, yeah. time you hear a really good speech. Nice. Thank you, Dale. That was very valuable. Oh, my pleasure. So there we go. We've got an outline for our next speech, wherever that's going to be. And, and, bring it to life with those stories. Dale, you've showed some, shared some other ideas in your book. There's some resources on your website. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Where would you like them to find you? Oh, I, I love, uh, do my best to keep up with email and email message works great. Uh, okay. phone number works great as well. So I'll give you my phone and my email address. My email address is info, I N F O at Dale Dixon media.com. Okay. My, uh, my phone number uh, is area code 208 908 3676. 208 908 3676. Excellent. And Love. daledixonmedia.com, info at daledixonmedia.com. That comes right to you, and you'll be happy to respond. Absolutely love to help people oh, create their message. And once again, folks, the book is Sweating Bullets, a story about overcoming the fear of public speaking, also full of ideas that are immediately relevant in all kinds of communication. I love this book. Dale, you did a nice job with this one. Thank you. And thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and coaching with us today here at Live On Purpose Radio. You get the last word, and then after that, everybody, it's time to go live on purpose. Absolutely. Dale, hey, thank you. thank you so much. Go out, and you've got a story to tell. Make a difference with your life. Mm -hmm.